welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Help Myself Podcast. And I'm your host, John M. Singletary Sr. I got to keep that senior in there, man. You know what it is. You got that feeling. Got my junior running around here, LJ, my co-host and my co-pilot. He's what I do it for. And I can't help myself. I've got to inspire. I've got to encourage. I've got to empower. But I can help myself by being the absolute best version of myself. And so today I'm excited to have another great conversation with you. We're going to wrap this up real quick. Let's go. I can't help myself. Listen, uh, man, it's been a crazy week. It's been a crazy week. Uh, A lot of things going on. Lots of things to talk about. Lots of things uh, that I'm not going to even put my foot in. Don't even want to mess with that. But, uh, you know... I was having some personal reckonings. Um, You know, as we look at everything that's going on, you know, um, one of my personal, personal, um, what what do I want to call it? Something that's very important to me on a personal level is, is introspection. There we go taking a look at what's going on on the inside. And so before I get so involved on what's going on in the outside world, I wanted to do some exploration and see what was going on with me. And, you know, uh, you know, we've just just been having some things going on. I had uh, some events for my team last week and you know, some members of my team were here in the D.C. area and, you know, it was good to see them. We had a good time. We celebrated the retirement of one of my troops and 38 plus years of service, uh, which is amazing. Um, we also want to salute all of our veterans uh, at the time of this recording. This is the day before Veterans Day. So uh, definitely want to salute our veterans Um and thank you for your service, for your sacrifice. I remember uh, one time getting on a plane and showing my ID to the gentleman. And he was like, oh, man, you E7. I only made E6. And I said, only. I said, thank you so much for your service and your sacrifices. None of that matters. And uh, what matters is, is that you were willing to do what you did. And so we want to salute all of our veterans. And um, as we, you know. I had an interesting weekend, you know, me and uh <laughs> me and LJ, we did what we do, you know, we we loved on each other and enjoyed each other's company and then we got on each other's nerves, you know. So uh and sometimes, you know, I look at that and I wonder, you know, literally like, hey, am I failing as a parent? Um and the reality is is that this is a a serious part of parenthood is 
sometimes you just feel like you ain't doing nothing right. You know, I mean, we're all human beings. We have emotions. We have what we go through. And, and you know, there are just sometimes where everybody's not getting what they want from the situation. And so there's clashes. And I was going through a serious time of questioning whether I was a good parent. But I realized that, you know, there's a lot on my plate. I ought to show a little compassion, not only to myself, but to LJ and just to our situation as a whole. And so as I was taking some time to unpack that, you know, I realized, you know, when I look at my journey, sometimes that fear of things being difficult can hold us back. Like, seriously, I... I don't want this to be about me. I want this to be an opportunity to talk to you about your life, but I'm going to use my story as the vantage point to hopefully inspire you that, man, you know, we've gone through this global pandemic. Uh, We've watched the economy. We've watched life change. And we've gotten to a point almost where we accept the new normal. We know things will change, but... To be honest, when we go back to a point where we can kind of move around and operate like we did pre-pandemic, I'm going to be honest. For a lot of us, it's going to be really weird at first. And it's going to be tentative because of this new normal. But we know that uh, we'll get back to life as it was. We'll be traveling. We'll be moving around, doing the things that we did before. But we'll be changed. There'll be some precautions now that we take more often than not. There'll be workplace solutions, which is the part that excites me. We have found ways to be better at work and find time that we thought didn't exist to be at home with our families. And I I believe that that's going to cause a lot of people to change the way that they've been looking at their careers because they've actually had time and they see the value in spending more time with their families. But, you know, we'll go back to school and we'll 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 find a new sense of normalcy that resembles pre-pandemic more than the current situation. But during the midst of it, we accept this as normal and we find a way to thrive and to survive and, and to better ourselves. So I said all that to say that sometimes when life is hard, we can choose to complain about it. We can choose to whine. We can choose to, woe is me, why me? We could choose all of that. Or we can choose to accept it as the new normal and push through it and allow it to make us better. And I think that's really important uh, because when I look at my life, And a lot of the things that I've been able to accomplish, it came through a period of having to be uncomfortable and having to go through. um, I think suffering is a strong word, but I'll just use it right now because, you you know, when you're going through stuff, it does feel like real suffering. Um, I'm actually a um, I have a slight learning disability. I'm dyslexic. And, uh, you know, a lot of people haven't been able to tell that for a long time, but it bothered me a lot. When I was younger. Now, you know, it's just occasionally words jumble up when I'm reading them. But uh, but the biggest point where you find it is sometimes in public speaking, 
my words actually come out. <laughs> they come out in an odd order, um, but I've I've gotten so used to it. I've got figured out ways to overcome it. Like I literally think out of order sometimes. And uh, but as a kid, it bothered me, and uh, I just felt, you know, discouraged by it. And I remember, you know. Growing up, you know, my mom couldn't afford a therapist. I couldn't go to a doctor. I had to figure out ways. And somebody taught me a trick. Um, I believe it was my second grade teacher. And she was um, telling me that uh, she knew something about a speed reader. And that, that speed reading sometimes helps when you have problems because you don't Instead of reading each word, you kind of just absorb sentences, and that means that you don't get tripped up over the word combinations. You're just trying to basically get the gist of the sentence. And so I got into speed reading, and uh, I still speed read to this day. You know, I mean, I can absorb stuff pretty fast when I get after it. And, uh, you know, I got into speed reading, and it it really helped. It helped my comprehension. I was able to just kind of figure stuff out quicker and absorb it quicker and you know it really helped me in school and for people that went to school with me they just thought oh oh, he's naturally smart and you know I never said anything because I was shy but I think about the fact that it wasn't easy it none of that came easy it took a lot of work Uh, I felt like I had to work longer and harder than everybody else just to be average and and everything that came with it it took a lot of work you know but I just had to get to the point where I accepted that as my new normal. Hey, my new normal is that you're just going to have to work through this until you get to a point where it makes sense to you. And so I worked through that. Um, you know, I think about, um, you know, early on in my speaking career, you know, when when I would uh, speak at churches and speak at at, at uh you know, religious events and things like that, um, I would memorize Bible verses. And people started assuming that I just had that kind of memory and that I just had everything memorized. But (laughs) what I would actually do is I would choose uh, the scriptures and the verses that I wanted to recite, and I would write them down. Like you write stuff down in class when you get in trouble and you got to write it a hundred times. So I would take each verse and I would write it a hundred times until I memorized it. And I would have notebooks full of, 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 of writings where I was just writing it down over and over again. And everybody just assumed that it was easy. But whenever uh, there was an opportunity for me to speak, the legwork that went into getting everything together it took me days and hours and it took a lot for me to get it together. It never came easy, but I realized that that was something I had witnessed somebody else do it. I realized it was something that could be done and I wanted to do it. And I just kind of embraced that new normal that it was going to be hard. But for me to get the result that I needed, I had to go through that, um, you know, I remember <laughs> it's a funny story, and it's uh I'll, I'll use this to kind of to wrap up my thought. But you know, I remember when I first got stationed in Las Vegas. You know, right now I'm a a man that's you know 
a little bit over 200 pounds. Uh, <laughs> I was skinny all my life, man. I remember as a kid, I used to have to wear, like, my mom would buy me 12 Slims and all that, you know. Like, <laughs> I was just always skinny. I think... I think when I graduated from basic training, uh, you know, I'm I'm just a shade. I'm about six foot, and I probably weighed all of 140, 145 pounds when I graduated from basic training. And I think one of the high water marks for me in my first 30 years or so of life was when I got to 170 pounds. I was like, oh my God, this is a big deal, you know. But, you know, I. I normally weighed anywhere from 165 to 170 pounds. Figured I'd always be skinny, and people would always tell me, oh, you know, when you get in your mid-30s, it's going to change. And it did, but not in the way that, you know, you would normally think. What happened was, uh, you know, I was in a, a relationship when I first got out to Las Vegas and got my little heart broke, and I said, you know what, I'm not going to... Um, I'm not going to sit up here and whine and complain and just wallow in my sorrows. I'm going to go out and make a change, man. I'm finna get out in this gym and I'm about to, you know, just work it out. Every time I feel a certain way, I'm going to be in the gym. So I started going to the gym pretty regularly and then I started figuring out little tricks. And, you know, I just it just got to the point where I just made the gym a part of my life, man. And, And there was some days like. Okay, not some days. There were a lot of days. I just didn't feel like going, but, you know, it was one of the tricks I used to use is I had this pre-workout, and I would take it before I left the office. And uh, pre-workout has got a lot of caffeine and stimulants in it. And if you take pre-workout and you don't go work out, it's going to be a bad night. (laughs) So... I got to the point, I said, look, I I know I'm probably, if I go home, I'm not going to feel like going to the gym, but if I take this pre-workout, I got to go. And uh, I would use tricks like that, you know, just to force me to move through my own plateaus. And it sucked, but one of the good things about it was whenever I was too much into my head, I had the gym. Whenever I was feeling inadequate, I had the gym. Whenever, you know, stress or any of that, and I accepted it as my new normal. And the result was, when I tell you, uh, people started to notice before I did, they was like, dang, man, you're getting bigger. You know, you, you look different, this, that, and the third. And in my mind, I'm like, I ain't seeing no changes. But uh, then I started to realize, yo, man, I'm... I'm kind of strong. I remember <laughs> I remember uh, a couple of buddies was helping me um, when LJ first came, uh, moved in with me. Um, we were moving some furniture. I just moved into a bigger apartment. I had the bachelor pad, so I had to get something that was that was good for both of us. And we were moving furniture, and I remember they were struggling with a couch. And I was like, oh, hold on, let me help you with that, man. And I remember picking up that couch, and that thing felt so light. I ain't going to say who my friends were, but, man, I felt so strong that day. But, <laughs> man, and, and let, me, let me try to take this up and wrap this up, because this just sounds like a bunch of random stories. But as I was struggling with my parenthood and struggling with the situations that I find myself in, you know, I'm a single parent, a special needs single parent. And my career and my vocation and everything that I'm involved in, it requires the same from me that it requires to anybody from anybody else. But, you know, I look at other people and it feels like they have 
you know, advantages over me because they have different availability. They've got different support systems. And, you know, for the most part, you know, I'm the one that's on, you know, um, I've got people in my life that assist, but parenting and, and the managing of my home is all on me. And I still got to make it work at the job. And sometimes I feel like I'm not able to give as much as other folks that maybe not find themselves in the same position. But then I realized I'm whining about it being hard. But just accept this as my new normal. Look, if I'm going to be in shape for work, be in shape for life, if I'm going to be in shape for fatherhood and all the things that I, my, my situation is what it is. I've got to accept that new normal. I've got to embrace the difficulties in it because I don't know any other result other than difficulties making me better eventually. And while it's going on, it's rough. But the results, the results are always worth it. My son is worth it, you know. Is it easy? Nah, it's, it's different. We've got a different path, but watching him progress and grow and, and overcome things, it's worth it. Uh, is my job difficult? Does it require a lot of me? Yeah, man, it does. But and, and, and I have different limitations than other folks, but yet I've got to figure out a way to stand up to it. It, it. it requires different sacrifices from me. And I accept that because I know it'll make me better. And so what's my word to you? Man, embrace the difficulties of your new normal because if you once you embrace them, here's how the mind works. As long as you're looking for a way out, your mind is going to agree with equilibrium. That's why we call it equilibrium. You're always trying to get back to a state of what is considered normal. So whenever you are in a situation where you are trying to uh, impact change in your life, getting better at anything, equilibrium is trying to keep you where you've always been, where it's comfortable. But and your mind will agree with equilibrium if you allow it. But if you keep on pressing forward and if you keep on moving, eventually it's not the fact that some people are just so phenomenal and so much better. It's just sometimes it's just a matter of I kept working at it. And because I kept working at it, my mind finally realized he ain't going to give up. It might be difficult, but he's accepting that it's difficult because he wants to change. And once your mind accepts the fact that you ain't going to give up, then you start to change for the better. Your mind opens up pathways. It starts to accept the new normal. And the new normal is your pathway to getting better. If you want to get in shape, you've got to accept now that you're going to be hurting and tired and you're going to have to do stuff that you don't feel like. You'd rather be on the couch watching TV, but there you are in a gym or on a trail or even in your living room or whatever, however you're getting into shape. If you want to learn something new, when you would rather just be giving your mind a break, you got to be studying and practicing and repetition and all these things. If you want to be transformational in your vocation, sometimes it's just going to take you accepting the fact that it's going to suck at times. But 
to use a term that we use a lot of times, when you embrace the suck, then your mind will realize, hey, ain't no quitting this person. They're going to keep going. You accept that new normal. And before you know it, that new normal has ushered you into an era of change. So I want to encourage you all. You may be going through things like I am, feeling like you aren't up to the standard. But I want to encourage you not to give up. I want to encourage you not to to feel discouraged. I want you to understand that sometimes on the road to success, you'll feel like a complete failure. But don't let your feelings fool you into giving up. You keep pressing. Accept this as your new normal. And trust me, on the other side, things will be much better. So uh, we'll see you next time. But thanks for listening in. And remember, I can't help myself. I've got to inspire. I've got to encourage. I've got to empower. But me and you, we can help ourselves by being the absolute best version of ourselves.